So as we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, we'll be reading uh, Psalm 46. It's a pretty famous psalm, uh, one that has some phrases uh, you will likely uh, find familiar. But as we turn to uh, God's word, let's first take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this time that you've given us to share together, wherever we may be. And we thank you now for the gift of scripture. As we turn to your word this morning, we ask that you would be with us, that you would open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds, that we might come to know who you are, that we might come to know who you are calling us to be, that we might experience your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 46, listen to the word of God. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as the echoes of your word still hang in our ears and in our hearts and in our minds, we ask that you would help us to understand them. You would help us to see you through them. That you would help us to see who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This psalm is packed with these phrases. These uh, little, little clips and sentences and uh, little snips that we, that we know, that we remember, that sound familiar. These, uh, these little passages that we love. It's, a, it's not really just a psalm. It's, it's actually a song. If you were to open up your pew Bibles, you'd see that there's a heading that explains this is not something meant to be read, it's something meant to be sung. It's written uh, as a piece of music for the people to sing together as they join their voices. And as we read the words of this song, as I read them alone, it feels a little bit unnatural. It's not really something that was meant for a solo reader, but rather a chorus of singers. And as we hear these words, they are words of, of comfort. They're words of gratitude. They're words of joy. 
God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Words of joy and gratitude and comfort. But there's, there's more to this psalm. If you look closely, if you look at these words, there are more words than just the words of joy. There are more words than just the words of comfort. There are more words than just the words of gratitude. There's more to this psalm than you may notice at first. It's, it's actually something of a, of a paradox. It, it's a contrast all on its own. If you look closely, you'll see uh, the psalm, it's actually, it's broken up into verses. You can see it even in your uh, uh, bulletins this morning. It's got three different verses. The first verse uh, tells us about God as refuge and strength and then proceeds to describe natural disasters. The earth uh, changing, the mountains shaking, the waters roaring, the mountains trembling. In that first verse, we hear of natural disasters, not words of comfort or joy or gratitude, words of anxiety or fear. And in the second verse, we, uh, we read about God's holy city and the gladness of God's city, but we also read about the nations in an uproar and the promise that God will help when the morning dawns. Which means it's being written from a place not of dawn, but the darkness of night. That second verse shows us a city besieged by its enemies. That second verse shows us the danger of violence. Not words of joy or gratitude or comfort, but words of fear or loss. And then we get to the third verse. Come behold the, the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. And we then get a description of the weapons of warfare. The tools of violence. These are not words of joy. These are not words of comfort. These are not words of gratitude. These are words of sorrow and words of loss. And yet the song itself is a song of joy. It's a song of comfort. It's a song of gratitude. Even with all of these images of loss and fear and sorrow, there's something kind of odd about this song. We talked a few weeks ago about Ascension. We celebrated Ascension Sunday, and we talked about the moments when we sing. We talked about how uh, there are moments in life when we are just so filled with joy, we can't help but burst into song. And yet, our psalmist does not seem to be filled with joy in composing this song of joy. It's a paradox. It's a contrast. It's a, it's a conundrum. And I think, I think there's one figure in church history that can help explain what's happening in this psalm, and we just so happen to have him in the sanctuary today. Kind of. I can see him, and the choir can see him, but you all can't see him because he's behind you in our stained glass window. So turn around and look at the giant stained glass window in the back of the sanctuary. You'll notice there are two figures in the middle of the center panel, and the one on the left is holding a hammer. I think the man with the hammer is the one man who can describe this psalm to us and can explain how it was written. If you're at home, hopefully you're able to see it on your screen. So the man in our stained glass window is Martin Luther. 
And the scene that's depicted is a scene that's famously understood to be the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. The story goes that Martin Luther in Germany was beginning to be very upset with the, the abuses of power in the church around him. And so he, he wrote out a list of things that needed to change, and he nailed his list to the church door, hoping that he would uh, spark some conversation, maybe some healthy debate, and maybe even spark some reforming of the church. Luther expected uh, some resistance, but he perhaps underestimated just how strong the resistance would be. After he nailed uh, that list to the church door, the people in power who had been abusing their power decided they needed to defend their power, and they came after Luther. They decided they were going to put him to death. And so Luther had to go into hiding. And we uh, find throughout the stories of his life, Luther did all kinds of things to escape those who were hunting his life. He, he grew his hair out differently. He grew a beard. He changed his name. He went into hiding. He actually spent some time in a castle trying to hide away from those who were coming to kill him. And every time the world around him seemed to get more dangerous, every time Luther was faced with greater loss, every time he was overwhelmed with sorrow, he liked to turn to his closest friends and say, come, let's sing the 46th Psalm. This is one of the the favorite little phrases that the church historians like to quote from Martin Luther. When the world was falling apart around him and when the, the morning was not guaranteed to dawn for Luther, he liked to say, come, let's sing the 46th Psalm. In moments of fear, in moments of danger, in moments of sorrow, Luther wanted to sing a song of joy. He wanted to sing a song of gratitude. He wanted to sing a song of comfort. Even though that's not what he felt. Luther wanted to sing a song of joy. And it would be wonderful if we could sit down with Luther and ask him why. We can't. But luckily, he left behind a lot of writing. And he had decided at one point in his career that he was going to write a book on music. And he never got to it. But luckily, he left behind his notes And Luther left behind his thoughts on music and the notes about the book he hoped to write. And in his notes, he explains the reason he wanted to write about music was, first of all, his very first words, I love music. And then as he continued to to think about what music meant, he explained that, that music is a gift from God. Just as we heard in our children's sermon today. It is God who creates music. And because music was a gift from God, Martin Luther believed that music had a power that very few other arts had. Martin Luther believed that music was next to theology. The only way you could learn about God was from theology or from music. I know which one most of us would pick. You can learn about God through theology and you can learn about God through music. And then Martin Luther explained that one of the powers God had given to music was the power to create joyful hearts. This is a very important point for Luther. Music has the power to create joyful hearts. A few weeks ago, we talked about how music expresses the joy of our hearts. We talked about how music can give voice to the joy of our hearts. We, we talked about how music can share the joy of our hearts, but some days there is no joy in your heart. There are days when what you experience is loss or fear or sorrow, and in those days, it is music that can bring you joy. 
In other words, sometimes we sing because we're joyful. But most of the time, we are joyful because we sing. Music is a gift from God, and the joy that music brings is a gift from God. So when Luther found himself in periods of sorrow, in periods of fear, in periods of loss, Luther knew the only way to recapture that joy was to sing. Because sometimes he could sing when he was joyful, but most of the time he was joyful only because he would sing. And so Luther would turn to his friends and say, let's sing the 46th Psalm. Let's sing these words of comfort, these words of joy. Let's sing these words of gratitude even when we don't feel it because the words of this music will bring us joy. And so Martin Luther sat down and he, he, he put together a song that he based on the 46th Psalm. He put together the words to the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's a song that we will sing in just a few moments. And as you sing these words together, pay attention to the way that they draw on the same imagery from Psalm 46. Pay attention to the way this psalm acknowledges the dangers, the sorrow, the loss in life around us, and pay attention to the joy that it creates in our hearts as we sing together, uniting our voices to praise God and experience his presence as only music can enable us to do. Martin Luther understood that music creates joyful hearts, which sends us back to our psalm. Our psalmist had experienced profound loss, profound sorrow, and profound fear, but our psalmist chose nonetheless to put together words of joy and gratitude and comfort because music creates joyful hearts. As a congregation, I think we need to acknowledge that we have had a pretty joyful year, a pretty joyful decade, pretty joyful three and a half decades, because we have had the gift of music which creates joyful hearts, and God has sent us a servant to make sure that we keep singing to send us the joy that comes through music. As we look at the words of the 46th Psalm, we hear such familiar phrases. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Words of joy, words of gratitude, words of comfort. Wherever you may happen to be, these are words that will create joy. Sometimes you can sing because you're joyful, and the rest of the time, be joyful because you can sing. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.